Hi there and welcome. Thank you for joining our podcast from Rock Ministries Kabecha. Our prayer is a ministry is that this podcast would touch you in a way that will change your life for the better. If you want to get in touch with us or get to know us a little better, follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Enjoy and be blessed. First Samuel chapter 17 from verse number 34. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Please pray for me as um, I will be doing my best to try and, and get this through to our hearts. Verse 34. We'll read 34 to 36. We'll read 42 to 45. And then read 49 to 51. It reads as follows in verse 34. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Verse 42. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Verse 49. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone And he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead. So that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Verse 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. And struck the Philistine and killed him. But but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, and drew it out of his sheath, and killed him, and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistine, the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. If you can look to your neighbor just for a moment and give them the title of my sermon this morning, tell them, when giants fall... The enemy flees. When giants fall, the enemy flees. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We bless you now for giving it for our instruction. Lord, the time has come that you may speak to us in your own way. Use us as your vessels of honor this morning. That Lord, we may speak your word in truth and in love. 
Let the grace and the power that is vested in your word come alive this morning in the name of Jesus. In our hearts, in everywhere that we go, in Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. So this is a well-known story of a man named David. We all know the, the story of David. We've read it before, those of you who grew up in church, they know the story of David. If you do not know the story of David... You need to repent very quickly and come back. Amen? Very quickly make a turn and come back. Many people know the story of David. It's an account that um, we understand has been read to us. We know that uh, David and Goliath is one of the key stories that the Bible shares but in order for us to understand this account, we need to go back to the previous chapter where we can get the full story of who David is. The story of David doesn't begin in the chapter, the 17th chapter, but it begins in the 16th chapter where the Bible tells us about where David comes from. Tells us that he's the son of a man called Jesse. He is the brother to seven other siblings, the eighth of brothers. The Bible tells us about David that when God had rejected Saul, who was the king of Israel at that time, God sought to anoint a new king. God sought to anoint a man who would follow him and would not disobey him as Saul had done. And so God instructed a prophet called Samuel. And Samuel was instructed to go to a house of Jesse, which is the home of David. Now knowing God, who is an omniscient God, he did not instruct Samuel to go to the field where David was tending his father's sheep. But he said that he must go to his home where he will find him. We read the story and we learn that after Samuel had called upon the brothers, all who were present in the time, to come and be anointed, the Bible tells us God had spoken to him to say that these do not qualify to be anointed. Until time came, when Samuel said, do you not have another? And Jesse said, yes, I have seven, and there is another. So David, in general terms, was the other one who did not yet have a name. Even though God had already selected him, but he did not yet have an identity. So, when David came, we find Samuel identifying him as the one whom God will anoint as the future king. Now, the part that we have read about David, it shows us David's Instagram moment, if you will. It tells us about his exploits. It tells about what he has done. It tells about the good things that he has accomplished it tells us about his victory, which was displayed in front of thousands 
of people. It shows us the kind of thing that our young people today would quickly go to Instagram and say, look, this is how I woke up this morning. Hallelujah. When they get that thing that they so desired, when they do that one thing that they know is Instagram worthy, or shall I say that they know is likes worthy, they quickly go on Facebook. They quickly go on Instagram. We have just read David's Instagram moment. His social media um, uh, pivot moment. It is a true story of David, but it is not a story without the account in chapter 16 where he was anointed as king and the Bible says that at that moment when David was anointed, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. From that moment on, the spirit of the Lord had come upon him. Some time later, David finds himself in a battlefield where the people of God were facing a giant called Goliath. Some time later, David is sent by his father. He's already been anointed. He's already been crowned. He's already been given his purpose. But he has not yet ascended to the throne. He's sent to the battlefield to go and give his brothers food. He's sent there and check on the well-being of his brothers. He finds himself in the presence of warriors in the battlefield. And in this battlefield, there's a man who goes by the name of Goliath. A man who is known by others as a warrior. Goliath was born a warrior. Goliath is an undefeated warrior. He's a giant of a man. Goliath. He's a giant of a man. And the people of God are facing this giant in the battlefield. No one dares to come near this giant because he's intimidating. He's intimidating. People are fearful of him. In verse 24, the Bible says that when they saw him, they trembled in fear. They ran away from him because naturally, Goliath is a scary monster when you look at him. That's why he was able to tout and to, to torment the children of God because he had this aura about him which when he appears, people would run away. He had this, this atmosphere around him that when he, he, he steps out of the crowd, everyone moves back and gives uh, space to him because they are fearful of what he brings. They are fearful of what he represents. Naturally, Goliath was an undefeated warrior. Physically, Goliath was larger than life. In verse 5, the Bible tells us his stature. It defines exactly how he looked like. Goliath was big. He was massive. He was gigantic. He was, he was that kind of thing. Because when he walks in, you have no choice but to realize that a giant has walked in. Hallelujah. It's the same kind of intimidation that 
when the children of God were sent out to spy the land in Canaan, they came back with a report that says, hey, we went in and we saw the land that it is good. But when we found people in the land, they were so gigantic, we looked like grasshoppers to them. He was that kind of a giant. When they looked at him, they saw a giant and they saw themselves as grasshoppers. That Goliath was that kind. He was armed and he was loud. He was armed and he was loud. The Bible says he would torment them. He would come out on a day-to-day basis to come and, 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 and begin to spike them and begin to, to, to charge them and challenge them to come out and fight him because he knew that they are scared of him. Spiritually, Goliath was a symbolic representation of a giant of a problem which comes in all forms. In the spiritual atmosphere, Goliath was not just a man, but he was a spiritual problem. Hallelujah. He was a spiritual situation. In the, in the, in the spirit, Goliath represented those things that we know are existent in our lives. Some are not physically seen, but they are active in our space. A Goliath can be anything because it comes in all shapes and in all sizes. It comes in all squares and in all rounds. It comes in all ways and in all forms. It can be a marital Goliath. It can be a financial Goliath. It can be an academic Goliath. It can be a Goliath in the workplace, a Goliath in business, a Goliath, a, a, a Goliath of depression and anxiety, a Goliath that represents something in the spiritual realm. A Goliath. That's why when you are going through a moment of difficulty, you've got to say that this is a moment, my Goliath moment, because when you have given it a Goliath name, then you know where it shall end. Hallelujah. So that when you look at it, you don't look at it in its physical form, but you need to turn your eyes and begin to see it in the spiritual atmosphere and recognize that it is not just a physical problem, but it is a spiritual situation that has an end to it. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, a Goliath is an enormous problem. It's an enormous situation that when you look at it, it drives fear and anxiety in your life. I don't know if you've ever received a letter of demand. Some of us have received a letter of demand. Some um, company that you owe or a place that you owe money to, they will send you a letter of demand. Now, a letter of demand is sent as a last straw. When they are about to repossess your car, they will send you a letter of demand. When they are about to, to take your child out of school, they will send you a letter of demand. 
When they are about to take your house, they will send you a letter of demand. And when you open that letter, I feel there's nothing hidden. On the title, it says, Letter of Demand. That's what it says. I know it. Hallelujah. It simply says, Letter of Demand. You, we tattoo back. You take it and you put it back. You look at it and you close it up. You want to read it, but you don't want to read it. Hallelujah. That's a, that's a Goliath moment, okay? a Goliath situation. It is an enormous problem. It's a situation that when you look at it, it begins to drive fear in you. It begins to drive anxiety in you. A Goliath is the enemy to your health, your blessedness, and your prosperity. Because when that letter of demand comes, you begin to, to feel a bit of a chill on your spine. You don't sleep well at night. You don't, you don't comprehend certain things. You don't think straight. When a Goliath has come, this is the situation that David was facing. All the nation of Israel was anxious. They were threatened. Their peace was threatened. Their prosperity was threatened. Their livelihood was threatened. Everything about their nation was under attack by a single man called Goliath. It was by a single man called Goliath. But praise God, David saw an opportunity. Come on, can we say opportunity? David saw an opportunity from the very situation that seemed bleak, that seemed like there was no way out. David saw an opportunity. When everyone ran away from Goliath because of fear, when everyone hid from him, David, full of the Spirit, saw an opportunity. He saw an opportunity to show forth who God is and what God is made up of. Because in every challenge that you go through, there is always a silver lining. Young person, do not go and, and commit suicide. There is always a way out. There is always a silver lining at the end of the cloud. There is always a light at the end of the tunnel. You may not see it with your naked eye, but may you pray and say, Lord, open my spiritual eyes to see, to see. Because everyone can see Goliath as the giant, but I am seeing Goliath as the uncircumcised Philistine. When everyone was seeing the physical form of Goliath, David saw that this is an uncovenanted Philistine. Because all who were in the covenant of the Lord were circumcised. In other words, there was a covering. Israel had a covering, but they were not under the covering. They could not see 
with their spiritual eyes. But the Bible had told us in chapter 16 that from the moment that David was anointed king, the spirit of the Lord was with him from that moment forward. That's why in Psalm 51, when David has sinned, he does not just talk about his sin, but he says, do not Remove your presence from me. Don't take away your spirit from me. Why? Because David knows without the spirit of God, I will always look at situations in the physical form. I won't be able to intercede and intervene in the spiritual arena. And so David looks at this Philistine and he sees an uncircumcised Philistine. Someone who's not under the covenant of God, who is not in the promise of God, who is not covered under the blood of the Lamb, who is not covered under, under the Mosaic law, who is not the one that God has chosen. David says, this, I am going to show who God is. And so when David saw this, he began to go back and attack Hallelujah. He began to go back and do what? And attack. While everyone else was running away, David was saying, bring him on. I've seen a weakness in him. I've seen something that is an opportunity for me to overcome. If everyone else is dying, if everyone else is falling, if everyone else fears him, I don't fear him anymore. I have seen something that many have not seen. I can pierce through and break down this giant of a warrior. Hallelujah. The Bible says, when David said this, he began to ask the question, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine? What will be done for the man who kills and destroys this enemy? Because this enemy is standing in between us, where God has taken us from, and where God is taking us to. This enemy is the barrier between our blessedness, our peace and our joy, our moment of, of living in a world filled with milk and honey. If we have the opportunity, we need to maximize it. We need to maximize it. That is why, as a church of Jesus Christ, we need to trust God. Oh, my God. We need to trust God for mothers and fathers that will be able to stand side by side with young people who are facing these challenges and say to them, even though you are going through this, but my child, I know there is a God who lives. I know there's a God who lives. I know there's a God who is able to save a Meshach, Abednego, and, 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 and Meshach, and a Shadrach. That same God is the same that can save you. We need mothers. We need parents. We need men. We need women. The time has run out. The reason why we are having so many young people dying in the church of Jesus Christ, we do not have mentors, spiritual mentors that will stand side by side. Side by side, side by side, side by side. 
and, and show the way and demonstrate the life. Let it not just be about you coming in and out in your fancy car and in your suit. But may you find a young person. Find a young person. Find a young boy in the church. Find a young girl in the church who is struggling. You cannot do that until you see with the spiritual eye. You will always pass them by when they are hurting. You won't see the hurt of the child. David saw this opportunity and said, I'm going to maximize this. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to show him who God is made up of. Instead of running away from him, he confronted Goliath. He confronted Goliath because he knew what he was carrying. He confronted him because he understood that God who saved him from the bear, God who saved him from the lion, is the same God who's going to save him from this very giant that is taking advantage of the children of God. We need to see an opportunity when adversity presents itself. Let's find the silver lining. Let's find the opportunity to show forth the, the power and the blessedness of being in the Lord because it's not just in the physical, but it's a spiritual warfare. It's a spiritual warfare. It's a spiritual warfare. What our young people are going through is not just what we see with our naked eyes, but they are going through a spiritual warfare. They don't have the, the, the right tools to fight in the spirit. They need us to show them. They need us to, to reveal this spiritual war tools or equipment to them. For the Bible tells us that our fight is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the powers and the principalities. It's against the rulers. It's against the, those who govern in the spiritual realm. So when we fight, we do not box with our physical hands and with our physical um, um, armory, but we fight with the, with, the, with, the, with the equipment of the spiritual warfare. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to demolish strongholds. They are mighty to bring down David, to bring down Goliaths. They are mighty to destroy arguments. They are mighty to defeat a Goliath that stands between our blessedness and where God has taken us from. And so, David, the Bible says, when we read in verse 48, when Goliath arose to come near to David, the Bible says, he hurried and ran toward him. He hurried and he ran toward him. Sometimes the best defense is an offense. Sometimes the best defense is to go first. Now, because of my experience, I know when I see that letter, I go head first. If I were to see it, thank God that this was years ago. But if I were to see it again, I know exactly what I need to do. I need to take the offensive. I need to go and rush to him. But for David, this was not the first time that he had done this. The Bible, when he accounts to the king what he had done with the lion and the bear, he says, when they went after my father's sheep, I went after them. 
I didn't wait, but I went after them. That's why now I'm able to stand before you and say I can kill this Philistine because it has happened to me before and I was able to defeat a Goliath as a result. The Bible says he put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. Hallelujah. He ran into his bag and he took out a stone. Not many stones, just one stone. We only need one stone in our bag. Most of us are running around. They are walking around without a bag of stones. What is a bag of stones? Read Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 14. It gives you our stones. Hallelujah. It gives us our stones. Amen. Because without those stones, a Goliath cannot be defeated. A Goliath it cannot be defeated. You only need one stone. You only need one stone in your bag. Don't ever walk around without a stone, David. Have a stone for your sling because you are always ready for war. You are trained for war. Believers, we are trained for war. We are trained for war. When we step out of our house, we are trained for war. When we walk inside the classroom, we are trained for, we've got to be ready at any moment. We've got to be ready at any moment to pull out our spiritual weapons. Pull out our spiritual weapons. What are our spiritual weapons? Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 14. The Bible says, stand firm therefore, having gathered your waist with truth. If you need truth, if Ubukoki is at the tip of your tongue, truth is the stone you need to pull out. That's the stone you need to pull out. If you know that you do not have all the truth in you, you know that you need truth in your life. The Bible says, having put the breastplate of righteousness, you need righteousness in your life, pull out the stone of righteousness. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, you do not have peace, you need to pull out the stone of peace. Pull out the stone of peace. Above all, the Bible says, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Remember that Goliath had a sword, had a javelin, had a shield, and he was armored. The Bible then says here, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts. If it's a javelin that is thrown at you, you have faith as a shield. If it's a sword that is thrown at you by the Goliath, you have faith that you can... If it's anything that is thrown at you, you stand on faith. You stand on faith. Verse 17, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. It is written. It is written. It is written. That's how I fight. That's how you fight. That's how you pick up the stones from that bag. That sling bag has got to be full of the word. Not just the world, but it must be full of the word. So that when, when Satan comes to attack you, Jesus, when you are taking your 40-day fast, you need to be able to say, It is written. It is written. That is your stone. It is written. And then verse 18, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication 
in the spirit. We've declared this month as a prayer month. Young people, young person, this is a time to pray. Let this be your stick. Let this be your stone. Let it be your stone. Let it be that one stone that the Bible says when David slung it on the forehead of Goliath, it sunk in. It sunk in. And what a fall it was. Let the word of God that is in you be a word that sinks into the enemy's camp. Let it sink in. In the periphery, on the surface, don't just make it stick, but let it pierce through. Let it pierce through. I know that you like to post on social media, good, but let that word which has already spoken to you, let it penetrate and let it change a life. Let it change a life and let it bring down strongholds and arguments. When they come at you arguing about Christ, bring them the word. Don't just bring them stories, but bring them conviction. Bring them a stone of the word of God, which is fire. Which is fire. It says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with the perseverance and supplications for all saints. What is our armor? This is our armor. David had stones. He only took one. Choose from these which stone you need in your own life. Unless you have these stones in your life, you won't defeat a Goliath. You need these stones. The Bible says he took only one. And with that stone, the giant fell. And it says in verse 51, when he fell and the Philistines saw, they ran. Because when a giant falls, the enemy flees. When a giant falls, the enemy sees and it runs. Resist the devil and he will feed, the Bible says. This morning I'm encouraging both young and old that with just one stone, just one stone in your armory that is not carnal, you can defeat a Goliath. Let's stand on our feet as we ask Pastor Henry to come and pray for us this morning.